Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? You want to hear a weird story? Yeah, I love weird stories. It's not that weird. I'm playing it up too much. Now already the bar is so high. I don't think I can live <laughs> up to the expectations I've set for you. But here's what happened to me today. Um, so my son was invited over for a play date, you know, with masks on outside. I went and there were other moms there and uh, they were offering chocolate chip cookies. And they mentioned both of them. Both that of who? These moms. Okay. These two moms. I'm sorry. I'm already, it's so confusing, this story. <laughs> The two moms that I'm speaking to and their families have all gotten COVID. Yikes. At some point in the past. Wow. And I was like, oh, I've, okay. That's, wow. And that is rare. I have never met anyone uh, in town who had gotten COVID. So that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. This week I learned of someone uh, who died and the funeral couldn't really be done because of covid yeah but he didn't die because of covid i don't know oh okay then we don't know yeah yeah it's really weird right now yeah it's a weird time we're in yeah spring is around the corner so you want to have hope and vaccines are rolling out so you want to have hope but we're over half a million dead so it's hard to have hope and it's fake spring let's face it this this feels like spring but this is the spring that like lures you in it's like when it gets, uh, when it seems like it's going to be fall, and then it's like, ah, still some more summer. Boom! It's going to do that. This is the most the depressing opening we've had in a while. Okay, fine. Well, why don't I, I cheer it up a bit by saying who we are? Because I'm Betsy. I'm Kate. Yay! This is Fusing <laughs> Kate, the Ultra Cheery Cheery Podcast. <laughs> hey, the people I spoke to were fine. Um, the Ultra Cheery Cheery, Cheery Podcast, where we talk about super what? happy books, super happy picture books. The happiest books of all. Yeah. That they make. Oh, we just love them all. Yeah. Well, we, uh, Except for the ones that make us a little pukey. Yeah, little <laughs> tiny, little bitty bit pig pukey, yes. Uh, and today's book may well fall into that category, not to not to set it up too much. But um, have you been paying attention to the news? I know you have, because you sent me a link this week. Do you remember the link that you sent me? Oh, yeah. Dr. Seuss says stop publicating. Publicating? So the, Is that a the word? Dr. Seuss estate, not Dr. Seuss himself. He's waited. But the Dr. Seuss estate has decided, yes, that they are not going to publish six uh, Dr. Seuss books anymore. Uh, Including and one that we've reviewed before. Right. So the, the six books are, and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street, If I Ran the Zoo, which we did mm-hmm. and did not care for. Nope. McElligot's Pool, On Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Egg Super, and The Cat's Quizzer. And the funny thing about this was they made the announcement on Dr. Seuss's birthday, which is also Read Across America which day, which is sort of when people read a bunch of Dr. Seuss, though they don't have to. And they could read anything they want. It doesn't have to be Seuss. Um, but normally when this happens, when a when a estate or something decides not to publish something, they do it quietly. They simply fade it out and do the fact that most of these six books are just not that well known. I'm sorry. The Cat's Quizzer, I'm pretty sure, is a consumable that I used to write in when I was a kid. I remember this If I this Ran book. the Zoo is popular because it's at Universal. 
Oh, geez, it really? I, oh, took, I, wonder, I took a picture by right. the... right. I wonder if they'll be doing Universal anything with that. Window. It's there. So. Uh, I wonder if that thing is going to stand. Yeah. Uh-huh. So well, And it won a new, got Caldecott honor back in the day, which is weird in and of itself. So I got to thinking, and I was thinking, maybe we should do one of these other books. We've done one of them, but we haven't done... I mean, we just did Eric Carle's very first illustrated picture book, right? Last mm-hmm. week. Why don't we do the first Seuss? The very first one. The one from 1937 that started it all. Are you ready for the original Seuss? Okay. And to think I saw it on Mulberry Street. By? Dr. Seuss. Exactly. Now, this book is kind of remarkable in that right now, I think it's selling on eBay for like $900. (laughs) So literally at my library... Uh, what we've been dealing with is we decided to pull all six of the books and just put them in a back room until we can figure out what to do with them because otherwise they're going to get stolen and they're going to be sold on eBay. The economy is crap right now. People need the money. So, you know, we're, the, we're kind of torn. We're kind of like, but it would be a way to get rid of that. No, 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 no. Put them in the back room. We'll figure out what to do with them. And then if people like are like want to see them, then we'll have some to check out to them and everything. Um, this one... I say all that, and then I just took it off the shelf and took it straight home and then checked it out to myself at home. So I'm the thief. <laughs> the thief yep. is me. Yep. That's that's you actually sure what are. this is. Yeah. And you brought your stolen goods into I my house. I brought the stolen goods, and now I'm handing you the stolen goods. Go read them stolen goods. Okay. Yay. While Kate does her read, let's get a little background information on And to Think I Saw It on Mulberry Street. Uh, This information is actually coming to you via a recent piece in the New York Times called Dr. Seuss Books Are Pulled, and a cancel culture controversy erupts. Fun fact, it is very hard to say cancel culture controversy very, very fast. In the summer of 1936... Theodore Geisel was on a ship from Europe to New York when he started sort of scribbling these little silly rhymes on the ship's stationery to keep himself amused during the storm. And uh, because apparently there was a storm. Now, and this is the story that no one can beat. I saw it all happen on Mulberry Street. That's the kind of thing he was writing. Now, these rhymes sort of morphed into this book. Uh, And it's about a boy who witnesses increasingly outlandish things. It comes out 1937, and he just launched his career as Dr. Seuss. He went on to publish more than 60 books and that have sold more than 700 million copies globally. And he's one of the world's most popular children's book authors. But here's what the New York Times didn't mention. And this little fact blows my mind. This book comes out in 1937, and guess what established children's author saw it and loved it? If your answer is Beatrix Potter, the answer is yes. Turns out Beatrix Potter was a big-time fan of this book. Now, I can't think of two people more diametrically opposed in their style than Beatrix Potter and Dr. Seuss. Um, Also, very much two different eras of children's literature, and yet... Here we are. She gave it her blessing. I, they never met, but she was given it by a librarian, probably Ann Carol Moore, uh, and apparently enjoyed it very much, which is strange. Hello. Well, that was interesting. Yeah. How, how was that thing? I mean, not great. <laughs> this was one of those weird cases where 
I don't think I've ever read this book and I decided not to because I wanted to hear a fresh perspective uh, and, and come to it clean. I don't really know much about this except there's a kid. There's a kid. And the street. There's a kid on a street. And the kid's eyes work because he sees things on that street. He does see things on the yeah. street. So, But he doesn't see much. And oh, he, okay. he wishes he saw more. Okay. And so he, you know, when he comes back from school, you know, he, he likes to tell his father these outlandish stories of things that he saw on the street when there's really not much going so on. So he's a liar, is what you're saying. He's a dirty he, little liar. He has a creative imagination. Ah. Well, that's kind. So... <laughs> He, uh, he's, he's, you know, walking on the street and he sees this guy in a cart that's being pulled by a horse. And as we continue... Which I should say, if a child saw that today down the street, they would think that was super exciting because that is a rare thing to see. Whereas at the time... Not that so might, much. Might as well be a car. Yeah. Right. But you can definitely tell that this is Seuss's first book because all the human's uh, eyes are wrong. Like they're little um, dots. Which huh. usually his well he didn't I guess he did some humans. he 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 yeah he yeah. yeah he did he did yeah but uh you know and the animals have like you know the eye with the pupil yeah and the, mm-hmm. yep. but most of the humans just have little dots most of them I know there at least is one where it's not a dot well we'll get to that yeah so <laughs> he's like okay I think you know I this has got to be more interesting than this guy being pulled by a horse in a cart why don't we make the horse a zebra and then we're gonna make the guy a charioteer. Which I didn't sure. know that, Is that was, what they're called. That's what they're called. I didn't know that Not was a, a chariot word. driver. It's a charioteer. A charioteer, but yeah, charioteers of fire. This charioteer is wearing something that doesn't look like would be worn by a charioteer. I guess is he supposed to be Greek, and he's wearing really flamboyant red ribbons around his toga. Oh, sure. But why does the toga have sleeves? And yeah. I don't really understand. It looks, like he has a, it looks like he's a little ducky with a tail. I don't really understand what he's wearing, but that's okay. So <laughs> he's like, okay, now I'm going to, instead of it being a zebra, it's got to be something bigger and more fantastic. So it's going to be a reindeer. Instead of the reindeer pulling something with wheels, it's going to pull a sled. Mm-hmm. And they're they're pulling the sled, and he's like, oh, no, instead of a, instead of a reindeer, let's make it a, uh, a blue elephant. And on top, it's going to be... It says, and have a Raja with rubies mm. perched high on a throne. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, <laughs> um, I think it's, I just thought this was funny, but it says, hmm, a reindeer and a sleigh. Before we get to the blue elephant, it says, say, anyone could think of that. Jack or Fred or Joe or Nat, say, even Jane could think of that. I'm like, Who's Jane? Is she like the idiot of the group? Well, she's the only <laughs> female, right? Uh, Nat, I'm assuming, is like Natalie. See, I would have said like Nat King Cole. Oh. So I think Jane is the only girl and he's putting her disparate. down. Yeah, he's putting her down. He's like, even a girl could think of that. Right. Maybe I'm being unkind. Maybe Jane's an idiot. I think Jane's just an idiot. Maybe Jane's just dumb. (laughs) So that's when he comes up with having a blue elephant and a Raja with rubies sitting on top of the elephant. Right. Okay. (sighs) Okay. Yep. So you flip the page and it says, but now I don't know. It still doesn't seem right. And I'm like, yes. Go with that feeling, yeah. kid. And, and, Go and, with and, that. And, 
Oh, and then he's like, that elephant should be pulling a band. Okay, no. That wasn't that wasn't where the direction we wanted you to go a in. A big brass band, which why is there a pipe organ? Yeah. And drums amongst this pipe this brass band. I don't Yeah. I'm not I mean I would understand Also is that an oboe? It's a clarinet. It's a woodwind instrument. Well, you don't put it in a brass band. In swing music, you usually have a clarinet. You usually have drums. Usually, you know, you'll have like a trumpet. Does it say they're playing swing? No, but it's the 1930s, and you, it's saying but that's a an brass... organ. Who plays jazz with an organ? That's what I don't understand. The jazz understand. organ, okay. The Someone pipe go find organ. me a jazz organ, because that'd be kind of fascinating. It's a pipe organ. Jazz pipe organ. There you go. It must exist. Right. <laughs> you mean, if I can say it, it exists. So then he's like, oh, no, it's got to be bigger. Okay, so we're going to hitch a trailer to the back of the pipe organ <laughs> brass band combo that <laughs> apparently has, like, what do you call this? Like That's a, a, like a steam pipe. Right. Why is that in this tiny I little mean, To like, be fair, shed? I looked at that and I thought that was the outhouse that would be on the back. It and that's, I guess, the outhouse keeper in the doorway. But it says it's a trailer. Why do they need a trailer? What because, are they putting because, in the trailer? Because he wants someone to enjoy the brass band. Oh, someone so to be near it to sit Old McDonald there gets to get a front row seat. Exactly. I see. He gets to enjoy the brass band. I find that peculiar. <laughs> Meanwhile, you think that's peculiar. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> I plucked that out of this entire book. Meanwhile, you got, uh, he's decided, this kid is like, okay, no, the elephant is going to, because this is going to be like tons of weight that is now being pulled. With this the, is true. With the brass band and the trailer. So the elephant Any needs some help. superfluous trailer. The elephant needs some giraffes on either side of him to help him pull. Because giraffes are notable for their fine pulling skills yes as we all they're know. very yeah strong they're very animals. strong that's the one thing i think of i think of muscles when i think of giraffes do you know no okay okay so then <laughs> then he's the kid's like wait but what worries me that is that this is on the corner of mulberry street which runs into bliss street and then i in this illustration there's like a mailbox that's attached to the street sign which is also on the cover I don't understand. Why is there like a mailbox attached to the street post? If this is 1937, perhaps that was a thing. Really? I don't know. I've never seen it. Wouldn't mailboxes be a thing? Are they mailboxes? Like maybe they're mailboxes that attach themselves to street signs. That's what it looks like. Yeah. But I don't understand why. But why aren't they a freestanding mailbox is what you're saying. You could fit so much more mail into a mailbox than whatever this backpack for a street sign is right so then he's like okay so there's got to be like awful traffic you know on the corner of mulberry and bliss with all this stuff going on and <laughs> this is kind of where it starts to get dark okay so then he's by like, the way the maharaja still going strong yes that he has to keep apparently. yes the yeah. raja is on top of the blue yeah. elephant all right looking down at this police um, brigade yes it's yeah. now uh helping this parade that's happening to get through mulberry street it's uh it has sergeant mulvaney himself oh in, wow in the lead how'd they get him i don't know he must have had to cancel some appointments or something because that that's good of him to show up but like you that. see all this smoke that's happening yeah. with this with the police here mm-hmm Okay. So the pollution is just going up. Well, you flip the page. Oh, sorry. I forgot to mention that the mayor is there. 
He thinks all of this is amazing. He has his alderman there. They're waving flags. So is he attached to all this, the no, mayor? No, the, they're just going Oh, past they're on the them. sides of the street. Okay. Yeah, somehow this turned into like- they A got, parade. Yeah, they got the scaffolding up. Yeah. They got the-, the I'm impressed. That was, that was quick work. Yep. It's all right. We have the smoke that is billowing out of the police's wheels. Yeah. And then exhaust. It says that an airplane appears and dumps confetti out while everyone cheers. And this is the page that scares me the most. Ooh, tell me why. Well, first of all, you oh. have this airplane very low. Way too low. And it's going to chop off the giraffe's ears. Oh, quite clearly. Then, that propeller is mere seconds away from tragedy. You see this clarinet player? I see him. Now you don't because he's okay. died of carbon <laughs> yeah, monoxide poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> it's good one, coppers. We've just we're just, this is just the page of death. Yeah, <laughs> wow, or imminent death. I, yeah, I feel sorry for the giraffe because the, the giraffe is completely blissfully smiling, having no idea what's about. But to the policemen are pointing. Yeah, up. they are pointing up. Yeah, they're, they're like, like, look. We're going to have giraffe ears pretty yes. soon floating from the sky. I hear they're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so then you flip the page and that's where... That's where he comes in. I was waiting for the what the hell moment to appear. Uh-huh. And here it appears at the end. Yeah. And it didn't have to. It's... It, because it's... I guess it's a rule of threes. There are three things. Three new people appear at the bottom of the page. Yeah, so um, because before, on the on the page of death it says <laughs> that, and that makes a story that's really not bad, but it still could be better. Suppose that I add a Chinese man who eats with sticks. Yeah, so this is not what was in the original. In the original, I believe he was yellow. And they called him a Chinese boy who eats with sticks. He's he's got and he had I think he's white he had, in this illustration. Yeah, he's pretty much white. He he also had a long um oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the braid down the back. Yeah, no, this guy doesn't have any hair. No, he has been removed. Um but he's, yeah. he's wearing it's like a mockery way. of the traditional yeah, sandals. I think that's a fair fair way to put it and he's yeah. got a bowl in front of him with i think those are supposed to be chopsticks but it kind of looks like tongs yeah no it's 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 chopsticks <clears throat> drawn by someone who's never seen chopsticks before. exactly yeah, that's, that's, that's a good that's pretty much what that is yeah. yeah and then it says a magician doing tricks a 10 foot beard that needs a comb so nope. basically these are three extraordinary things that you would want to throw in that would just no no cacophony of delights could be complete without right right and then this kid goes home he is excited to tell his dad everything that he saw and then his dad says so there was nothing to look at you didn't see anything that excited you and the kid grows red and he says no there's just a horse and a wagon on mulberry street the end oh boy he didn't know how to end a book <laughs> he couldn't he didn't figure out a big ending he that. got much better at endings, but not at this point. That's it. That's the end. That's the then that that's such a wah wah kind of ending to the book. So did a little looking at this book, did a little looking at the other books that have been pulled by the estate. We'll we'll just start with this one here. This is not the first time that this book has come up as containing uh, a racial or two 
let's just let's just say it. The the Mar- Maharaja in there is also a racial st- stereotype that was thrown in there. Um, it's and we clearly... don't really know what he was doing with the charioteer either, because no, that doesn't seem right it, either. It wasn't. Yeah, I could argue maybe that was Greek, but I, that toga looked weird. I, I don't know what he was doing. Um, so back in 2017, there was a New York Times article that said, uh, Dr. Seuss Museum will remove mural after authors object to racial stereotypes. So that big final kablammy scene was the... a mural in the Dr. Seuss Museum complete with Mr. China Man, as it says. Um, now, the award-winning children's author Grace Lynn saw this and was shocked, quite frankly, to see this, you know, displayed. I mean, they easily could have not included that yep. image. And they, they just chose to be completely accurate to the book itself. So, you know, and Graceland was featured on the PBS NewsHour in a segment called What to Do When You Realize Classic Books from Your Childhood Are Racist. <laughs> this book is sure to do. Uh, there is a Mulberry Street Library branch of New York Public Library. And as I recall, when I was last there, it's in an old candy factory. Because there is a Mulberry Street in, in New York City. Um, as I recall, they had a big poster of this book uh, in the children's section. I would be fascinated to know if it is still there. So, hey, you New Yorkers, stop on by the Mulberry Street branch of NYPL and let me know if that poster is still up and prominent. I would love to know. So, ratings time. You go first. Okay, so this book's no good. Um, it's early Sue. So, you know... The fact is, let's let's again bring up the fact that Eric Carl, for his very first book, which he illustrates, is Brown Bear, Brown Bear, What Do You See? His second book, the one that he writes and illustrates himself, the first one he writes and illustrates himself, I should say, is The Very Hungry Caterpillar. So compare that to Dr. Seuss, who starts off with Mulberry Street, where, you know, this guy used to be a political cartoonist. He was very used to putting racial stereotypes into his drawings. This was a very short leap into doing Mulberry Street. Um, it ends with a... <laughs> it, it, so it doesn't have an ending. It's like he... This book should be like those music... Those songs on the radio where they just fade them out because the people making them can't figure out how to end the song. That's what this book is. He couldn't figure out how to end the song. Um, and then he put in completely useless racial stereotypes for no reason, except that... People who aren't white are funny, and we are going to use them as decoration, um, exotic decoration. That is clearly why they are there. So, the you know the the story it has hints of future Seuss fun, but the fun is not quite there yet. Um, I'm giving it a three, which is probably kind of high. Eh, I'll give it a two point eight. How about that? Okay. Okay. Um, I'm all for creativity and imagination, Mm -hmm. but this was just a kid's racist imagination. Right. (laughs) So. We don't really need to see a racist kid's imagination. I think uh, If I Ran the Zoo was worse. It was much worse, yeah. If if we had to compare. Yeah. But this wasn't great, so I gave it a two. Okay. Um, I dare say this may not be a classic. Yeah, I'm afraid not. Yeah. So sorry, folks. We were desperately (laughs) hoping that we were going to defend this book. Uh, yeah, you know what? Not it so goes much. out of print. It's not no great shakes. It's no loss, I'd say. 
It's okay. Sell that book and get your 900 bucks. There you go. <laughs> go steal it from... Do not steal it from your local library. Letters time. Ew. This one is very interesting. It's coming from Jen. Oh, hello, Jen. Jen writes, hello. I was searching for a picture of my tattoo in order to send a link to a friend because it is hard to get a picture of it. And I found it on your blog in your Herald post. My tattoo is the second one, Harold Drawing Chicago. Do you remember when we did Harold and, Harold and the Purple Crayon? And y- I think you found a Harold and the Purple Crayon tattoo, which is Harold drawing the skyline of Chicago. No, but that sounds awesome. Okay, you did. <laughs> it's in the show notes, and it's hers. Awesome. Uh, yeah. It filled... Okay, so she says... It would fill me with much joy if you were to caption it with credit information. It was drawn and tattooed by Dave Dillon in, I think, 2007 at the Tattoo Factory in Chicago, of course. I am a huge Crockett Johnson fan. The one about Ellen's Lion is probably my favorite. A lover of children's books and podcasts make me happy. I will have to give that episode a listen. Nice. Isn't that nice? That's cool. I thought that was very cool. Grown-up things we like. So mine are dark. <laughs> Yay. Mine's kind of dark too. So you go first. Well, my I, I'm cheating because I have two. So I've been on this like um, murder uh, wave. <laughs> Explain more. Okay. So first there's this um, limited documentary series on Netflix called Night Stalker. It's about the 1985 serial killer in LA. Okay. Um, it's very well produced. Um, and you learn about these two detectives and, um, you know, how they became detectives, how they became partners, how they, like, went up in the sheriff uh, department. You learn about the mistakes that the LAPD made. It's four episodes, and it's ultra fascinating, and it's very um, shocking to learn because I knew nothing about this serial killer and seeing the path and how long it took to catch them and how they caught him. And then what, Oh, it's like the, the, when he gets caught, that's like the best part of this whole thing. It's so exciting. Anyway. So if you like, um, you like true crime, that's a great docuseries to watch on Netflix called night stalker. Then I've also been listening to the podcast, My Favorite Murder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super popular. Yeah. It's a true ki- true crime comedy podcast, and it's hosted by Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. It started in 2016. They now, ha- it's gotten so popular that they do two episodes a week. They do one main episode where they'll talk about one or two different murders, and then they'll do like a mini episode uh, at the beginning of the week where they talk about, like, people can write in about, like, their hometown murders. I know it sounds dark, but it's a very funny podcast in a way. It's also educational, 100% not kid-friendly. No, in fact, yeah. And if you have a thing with child murders, they do cover child murders, which kind of turned me off. Otherwise, I love the tone of it. It's very fun. Um, they have a book, I believe. Don't they have Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered? Yep. Yeah, that's a very... That's, that's their, very that's their sign-off is yep. Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered. It's a great sign-off. Um, and I highly recommend, actually, the one of the few that I've listened to is When the Golden State Killer Was Caught. Um, they have a couple great uh, episodes based on the catching of the Golden State Killer. And I, I loved it because one of them was explaining to her husband, like... You don't understand. This is my Super Bowl. <laughs> I just I just think of that all the time. Like, you don't understand. This is my Super Bowl. 
That is an excellent recommendation. So there you go. Excellent. Mine doesn't have any murder, so I guess I'm just a disappointment here. Um, <laughs> so we were, I was, you remember last time we had talked about how you are taking our grandmother's, you know, 120 some page handwritten document and you're typing it up. So I contacted our cousin to see if he had, you know, more stuff. And in the course of things, he happened to mention that just offhandedly joking, he was like, oh, we should, you know, animate the, our grandparents' uh, wedding photo. And I was like, what? And he linked to My Heritage's Deep Nostalgia. And so My Heritage is, is one of those ancestry sites, you know. I think they actually purchased Genie, which is where I've done my ancestry stuff. Um, my Heritage is out there. They've added this new feature. So they always had the thing where you could upload a black and white photo. They could colorize it for you. Well, now you can animate it. And by animate, I mean in the style of, say, in Harry Potter, where the, the photos kind of move a little bit. Just imagine they do that, but it's just the faces of people. Um, so they blink, they look off to the side, they smile, they stop smiling. Um, it's sort of like when you take those photos with your iPhoto camera and... You have you to do a live photo. It's like the live photo and it's thing. like the two seconds before yeah. or two seconds after. Exactly. It's like before. And yeah. it's mildly annoying every time it happens. <laughs> now imagine it doing to, to the dead. So naturally, I had to try it out on two people. Shel Silverstein and Margaret Wise Brown. And the results are just as creepy as you could possibly want. The Margaret Wise Brown's not perfect. It's her iconic photo of her hand on her face. So the hand kind of gets a little blurred, but it's not bad. And the Shel Silverstein, I did initially the picture on the back of the giving tree, like that famous, like creepy photo of him. Uh, at which point my heritage told me, I do not recognize this as a face. <gasps> so I did do a different Shel Silverstein, <laughs> which is still kind of creepy, but it wasn't as creepy. I really wish I could have like, convinced it that that was a face because it would have been horrifying interesting yeah so, so this is a website that people can go to and yeah you upload can you photos? have to you have to sign in um and create an account but it's free it's, it's free and you can do it with oh lord i've done it with a lot of things what's the website again uh it's my heritage and then it's deep nostalgia so just google that comes right up i'll try to i can't i discovered i couldn't put on my blog the shell silverstein and the Margaret Wise Brown, but I'll try to include links in case you want to see them, because you can. Okay. All right. So, um, St. Patrick's Day book, Betsy. <sighs> What's the date here? What is this? So, mm. so this episode is coming out March 8th. Uh, the next book will have to be a St. Patrick's Day book, because it'll come out on the 15th, and right. St. Patrick's Day is the 17th. Well, due to the fact I can't possibly imagine that any St. Patrick's books have been checked out of the library at this point, uh, I think it'll be fine. Perfect. Yay. Yay. Wonderful. And until I manage to find this impossible book, <laughs> I have been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our deep nostalgist is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.